0: What up what up what up coming to you live from my parents house we got episode 14 of the Changavi after show i am your host always will be your host a huge Changavi wearing the tray area shirt you know how it be you know how it motherfucking be um welcome to the after show those of you that are new here this is not the traditional Changavi show where we really you know sit down and accurately break down a lot of topics and have fun this is the chingabi after show where we like to have a little bit of fun fuck around and say random thoughts that are on my mind and present those arguments to you guys in whatever kind of capacity that may be um i sit in this chair because i like being on the floor uh because it's a chill vibe you know we just sit talk hang out it's fun i'm telling you you I'm telling you it sounds a lot more fun than it is so why don't we just start I have a lot of stuff on my mind I've been writing it all down so I figured okay this would be a good opportunity to kind of begin these thoughts so let's get right into it shall we let's do it okay so listen this is the one thing I've been thinking about recently meeting new people right meeting different people this is so interesting right because we're taught yes like you should absolutely meet different people and I'm with that, right? That's why, that's one of the main arguments that the pro-college side has, right? You're you're going into a new environment where you meet so many new people and you're exposed to all of these different things. But here's the thing, man. Here's the thing. I, I've, been, I've been doing a lot of thinking recently, and I've been finding that a lot of people, uh, even like, I, I know grown adults for the most part. I know adults from the ages of about 24 to 60. And most of those people don't really have the most different friend groups. Different friend groups are often really rare to come by if you look at it. If you examine a friend group, usually there's a lot of similarities. And I've noticed this with a lot of uh, South Asian friend groups in particular, because, I mean, that just happens to be the race that I'm surrounded by the most. They kind of tend to cling to each other. Uh, and my, I'm not saying it is an offensive thing, I'm not saying it is a bad thing, but for the most part, friend groups tend to be like, you know, Indian, Indian boys, the boys are together. And usually what do you like? Let me break this down. Hold on. Let me, let me like reset for a second. When you think of the boys, right? For all my guys out there, when you think of the boys, who do you think of? You think of your childhood friends, you think of your friends that you've been friends with forever. Totally. But here's the thing. When you think of the boys, what are the boys, really? They're mostly your same race. They're around your same age. And they're really from the same socioeconomic background uh, for the most part. The boys are never really like a diverse set of boys. It's usually the same uh, group of friends. Listen, there's obviously uh, outliers within this, right? They're, the boys, you know, there's there's definitely like groups of boys, like friends of boys that are like, you know, very diverse and have different backgrounds and all these things. I'm not saying that that is is not the case. But here's the reality. Most of the boys are either just a bunch of white kids hanging out, a bunch of Indian kids hanging out, a bunch of black kids hanging out, whatever that may be, Hispanic kids, whatever you are. You kind of tend to hang out with your own race, and that's the truth. So I don't get this, right? Because so many people are preaching, let's meet different people. Let's open our minds to the world and do all this. Like, should we actively – I don't – You should not actively force yourself to hang out with people you don't want to hang out with just because, oh, I need my token Asian friend, right? Then that becomes just weird. You're, like, picking out different people and, like, oh, my friend group's so diverse and I'm friends with all of these people so I understand all their cultures. Like, I don't know. But yet I think it's good to meet different people at the same time. Uh I, so that's where I get caught in this technicality of like yes it's good to hang out who you're with who you're comfortable with absolutely those are the friendships that are going to carry you through life but at the same time should you hang out with I think there are also people like should you actively go out of your way to like make friends who are of a different race or of a different uh, socioeconomic background than you than you grew up with or whatever that may be right like what is the line there because I mean, if you're a white guy that just – you're not intentionally hanging out with just white guys, but you you just kind of hang out around white guys, does that make you a bad person? Does that make you someone who doesn't want to expose themselves to something different? I don't know. I don't know how that is, right? Because if you're an Indian guy – and this is like no offense to the brown boys or like any brown boy out there. If you're a brown boy and you just like hanging out with your brown boy group and your brown girl group and you guys have your little South Asian clique thing going – and you're comfortable with those people, and you like those people, and they're your friends, should you actively go out and seek other people of different races and seek other people of different things? That's interesting. Here's another thing that's also interesting to me about meeting different people, is that the same people who say they want to meet different people are usually the ones that kind of stay with the same gendered friends. I've noticed this. I like to be, I, I think for the most part that I am someone who is who has uh, a relatively, I wouldn't say even, but I would say it's uh, closer to even than most other guys my age of like, I have a decent amount of male friends. I also have a decent amount of female friends. And I think there is kind of a 60, 40, 70, 30 gap. For a lot of my friends, they don't really have very many girlfriends. They don't really have many friends who are girls um, or other genders. I kind of, and different in that regard maybe am i like tripping because there's probably other guys out there that definitely do have more uh female friends and whatnot but like most of my guy friends really like to stick to their guys they don't really have a lot of girlfriends um and i kind of find that interesting of like god listen i i get that guys want to hang out with guys and girls want to hang out with girls and there's that traditional sense of familiarity of course biologically sure but I think, it, I think this is where I stand on this particular issue. I think when it comes to like racial friendships and like racial groups and all that stuff, go do your thing, whatever you want, whoever you're comfortable with, whatever. I think you should honestly just be friends with whoever you think is cool. But in terms of like mixed gendered friends, I find it really, really interesting that there are a lot of guys out there that just kind of stay away from girls in terms of like being friends with them. It's either like, oh, I want to like be in a relationship with you or like we're not married right? I see this even with like aunties and uncles, bro. Why are there never like aunties and uncles like together? Why is it always like, oh, the aunties are hanging out in the kitchen and the uncles are in the living room talking about money. Why why is it never like, oh, the aunties and the uncles are sitting in the living room together having a conversation, right? The aunties get to gossip in one room. The uncles get to talk politics in the other. But why is there never like a a a thing that gets brought together i don't understand it it's it's very like unspoken but at the same time it's something that like i see and i've observed for many years Uh, and that's obviously coming at it from a very south asian perspective i'm sure that's the case also in like white families other races but i've also noticed that like it's just weird i find it so weird that the older that like particularly the older generation like you talk to my parents, I don't think they have very many friends of like a different gender, like close friends of a different gender, but you talk to like our generation and I would say that it's, it's different, but I would also say that most of the people that I know, like if, if you have your best friends, their best friends for the most part, like the most people I know are tend to be their gender. They're not the opposite gender. Opposite gender friendships are, are rare in today's society. Dare I say it. We claim to be a socially progressive society, yet we're saying opposite-gendered friendships are are rare. They're really, really rare. You look at them like close friendships. Yeah, I could be cool with your buddy's girlfriend, but we're not friends. Like, we're not close friends. You know what I'm saying? Like, opposite-gendered true connection, like, friendships, just friendships, not, like, dating or friends with benefits or any of that crap, that's rare. It's rare to think about. And so when we say meeting different people, I don't think a lot of us necessarily follow that path, if that makes sense. I don't think there are a lot of people out here sitting here listening to this today being like, yo, meeting different people. Oh, I actively do that in my daily life. I don't think so. I don't think there are a lot of people like that, but that may be just me. I don't know. Uh, but meeting different people, listen, I'm all for it. You should try to expand your mindset. And I'm definitely someone like that, but I'm not also the person to be like, you should have a checklist of having every single type of friend in every single minority group and sexuality and race and gender. Like, I don't give a fuck, dude. Hang out with whoever you're comfortable with. Hang out with whoever you vibe with. And I guess whoever you vibe with tends to just be the people that you've been surrounded by most of your life. The, that, the ones that like give you the most comfort. and, yeah, and so I guess that's why, like, different racial groups tend to only hang out with their racial groups and not really try to intermix. Uh, and same with gender. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, would get, I would be very curious to hear everybody's thoughts on, like, this whole gender and, like, race and, like, different friendships and all these things. It's a complicated subject. But it's a subject that shouldn't be untouched because it's interesting. But, yeah. And I'm going to go from meeting new people and meeting all sorts of beautiful souls to dead birds. because listen. Dead listen, there are probably a lot of people out there that are like, why, what, dead birds? There's a dead bird phenomenon? Yes. I'm here to tell you that as of, fuck, today's what, March 21st? March 21st, March 22nd, 2022. We have a bird problem in the United States of America, ladies and gentlemen. There is a bird problem. Or maybe there's just a bird problem in my life, but I have been seeing a lot of birds recently, and they haven't been in the alive state. They've been dead. So let me explain to you my dead bird story. Okay, so I have a balcony outside my outside my room. It's uh, it's uh, my my room's on the second floor of my parents' house, and so it, I'm I'm in my room. Okay, this is gotta be last week. I think I was studying or doing some podcast stuff. You know how it be. You're on the grind. It's the middle of the week. You got shit to do. Got work. You're busy. You're busy. You're on that grind to do great things. And all of a sudden, I hear a. Just against my door. I'm like, what the fuck was that? I like turn around and I see nothing. And I'm like, okay, whatever. And I come back a couple hours later. I was like reaching for something on like the left side of my bed uh, near the door to the balcony. And I was reaching for it. And I just noticed that there was this like really oddly shaped. It looked like a leaf for a second. I was like, oh, what? what is that? And then I look closer and I'm like, oh, fuck, that's a bird. And there was just a dead bird lying there on my on on my balcony it was just lying there and it looked like it had been there for obviously a couple hours it was like pretty beat up the corpse like it just looked dead it just died and I was like oh maybe that crash that I heard a couple hours ago was a dead bird whatever uh I didn't go out there because I didn't want to pick up the dead bird because I'm weird around dead animal corpses okay a couple days go by and then I'm just again same spot doing my work and I just hear another just the, the same noise of like the plunk, But this time like I'm on my bed. So I'm on my computer and I'm on my bed. And I see like the bird shit just splatter all over my door. It goes and then the bird just falls to the floor. And then I'm like, what the fuck was that? And then I look outside and I see the dead bird. I see another dead bird. I'm like, what is happening? That's like two and three days. And there's shit on the door. So I'm like. Oh, that's dead, dead. That's not like injured, like passed out of the sky. That's dead, fucking dead. And there's two dead birds. That's two dead, dead birds in three days. And then I'm, I, I'm like doing some more work or whatever. And I look, I like call my parents because I'm like, yeah, I'm not dealing with this fucking dead bird shit. I'm 21 years old. I'm a full grown adult. I make money. But like, fuck that. I'm not going to go pick up birds. No, 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 no that's a job for the parents, at least as long as I live here. So I, I call my parents and like, and then I'm like looking out the window and I see another bird and it's just lying there. But this one was like, it was still like fluttering its wing. It was like, so it looked like it was kind of alive. Uh, and then I like, I was like, oh my God, there's three dead birds on the porch. Like this is, this is, or three dead birds on my balcony. Like I've created a cemetery without even knowing it. And I called my parents up and then like, I was like, there's a third bird too. And they're like, no way you're hallucinating. And apparently, I mean, I swear I saw three birds, but when, by the time they got up here, there's only the two dead ones. I swear I saw three. I think that third one either fell off the balcony because it was fluttering too hard or it somehow flew away, which is amazing. It's a miracle of life. Um, But I have no idea. (laughs) But There were two birds, the two dead birds, they got picked up. And then I I did some Google searches and I did some research. And apparently there's been this like mysterious bird like disease slash illness that a lot of them have been suffering, which causes them to basically have like limited eyesight. And on top of limited eyesight, it basically like has birds passing out, just passing out and falling to their deaths. So that's why, like, uh, I don't know if you guys saw this, but there was a video of, like, a 500, I think it was, like, 120 birds that just randomly fell out of the sky in Mexico to their death. Yeah, that was, like, that same illness. So no one in the scientific community really knows what the fuck's going on, but there's this, apparently there's, like, this uh, illness that's really uh, targeting the bird community throughout the world. And it's kind of like the bird corona. Uh, but they can't quarantine bro, because you know, they're not humans sucks. But apparently there's like this big disease and like, I was talking to other people about it and they were saying, yeah, like a bunch of birds have just been crashing into their windows and just passing out and dying. Like really random occurrences here with these birds. And I don't know. I don't know. I would love to have a, uh, I don't know what the scientist is for a bird. It's like, uh, I forget or ornithologist or something. I think that's what it's called. I'd love to have an ornithologist on here and explain this phenomenon because I've been seeing a lot of dead birds. I even like when you're driving, like you just see dead birds. I've seen a couple of dead birds on the side of the road. I've seen dead birds. Like I feel like I'm seeing dead birds everywhere. Maybe that means like death is in my future, right? If there's some astrologer out there that's about to tell my fucking truth and tell me that I'm like going to experience death, right? Hopefully not. Knock on wood. But okay, my floor is wood, so I knocked on my floor. But. Anyway, the dead bird syndrome is for real, man. This phenomenon has been happening, and I obviously did limited research. Okay, I did not do enough research to come to any conclusions about what's going on. I didn't read any scientific studies. It was a quick Google search and a quick couple articles. But there's some there's some mysterious stuff going on with the birds, man. I don't know. I the fact that I saw three birds, two of which were dead, one of which almost was dead, in the matter of like four days is like Either my porch, or not my porch, my balcony is a uh, cemetery for birds and they just like to die there, or there's some crazy shit going on with birds and no one's talking about it. Uh, It's pretty interesting. I don't know. Or, Or birds, or here's my tinfoil hat. Let's put on a tinfoil hat for a second and spread misinformation. Or birds are secretly spies from the Russian government that are like looking into my house and trying to see what I'm up to because I'm apparently up to something and spreading misinformation about their country. I don't know. I don't know. Or Birds could be a figmentation of our imagination. They could secretly be American government weapons, right? Like in the Hunger Games, like the Mockingjays were like the, uh, uh, the spies for the government. What if birds are actually just spies for the government and we've just been conditioned and brainwashed over generations to believe that they're real, that they're just real animals? I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. There's this whole, like, okay, um, there's this whole, like, story about these kids in Arkansas who are, like, trying to... Uh, combat against misinformation with more misinformation. And one of their claims is that like birds charge on power lines. I love it. I love it. I think that (laughs) birds charge on power lines. Dude, that would be hilarious. That would be so funny. If that was the case, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Okay, I've seen crazier things with the government. But yeah, the dead bird phenomenon is for freaking real, bro. It's a real thing. Kind of hard to imagine. Chill, it's water. I'm trying to stay hydrated, okay? For those of you that are on video, you can see that. Listen, not a lot of people are taking me seriously. (laughs) This is like right after I just go on this like 10-minute rant about fucking dead birds. I'm like, yo, yeah, not a lot of people are taking me seriously. Like, it really bothers me, and it's like affecting my mental health. Like, (laughs) Okay, listen, yeah, bro, it's for real. Like, I, at this point, there there aren't a lot of people taking us, the Chang gang, seriously, okay? um, It's true, and I love it. I love when people don't take it seriously because they're like, oh, my God, like, this is just some passion project where you just sit here and talk about shit, and it's boring, it's boring, it's fuck. just move on, right? But I'm like, nah, bro, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I don't want to move on. But people are saying, like, I'm not serious, right? And that's my biggest downfall. I've, I've talked to a few friends. A lot of people are back for the spring break. A lot of people uh, love to give their opinions on the podcast, which, by the way, I love. I want you to continue to do that. Uh, but a lot of feedback that I've been getting recently is you, are, you aren't serious. You're not, like, you know, your interviews, when back when I was doing interviews with the uh, At The Essential Question podcast, shout out. uh I was much more professional. I was very refined. I had thick outlines that I would draw up for every episode. And I'd interview people and I'd talk about various things and and all this stuff. And that wasn't fun, bro. It wasn't fun. Like, this is what I'll say about interviews is like, they're great. And I, with the right people, they can be a lot of fun. Like, I, had, I would say out of the, what, 25 interviews that I did, I liked about 12 of them. Uh, So like about half, half were really fun. Half were amazing. They were so much fun. And I'm not trying to say every guest sucked and all that, but there are about 12 interviews that I can think of off the top of my head that I loved. I had so much fun. They were just a great time. Like I, I was like, Oh wow. Hour and a half breeze, light work. And then there were about 12 interviews where I sat there and I was like, this is so fucking boring. Why don't I get to be the star of the show? I'm egotistical. I want to be the star. I want it to be about me. I'm clout hungry. I'm a clout whore, right? Like that's what I was thinking for the other 12 episodes. So interviews with the right people, like that's, that's a thing. If I ever get back into interviews, which I am actually thinking that at some point in the near future, I may, uh, I really want to get interviews with the right people, the right people, the people who are like willing to sit and have a really good conversation and have fun and just kind of like let it. Let it fly a little bit. Uh, I felt like the interviews where it was more rigid, more structured were definitely the interviews that I dread. I can't even listen back to my interviews. they I gosh, I hope they're not bad. I really do. But there were a couple of interviews where I had a lot of fun. Uh, Twelve interviews, to be exact, uh, that I had a lot of fun. But anyway, what I was getting back to was, I don't, I don't think like you have to be serious all the time right obviously i think there are certain topics and i think i do do a good job of like okay like we're gonna talk about Yemen, yeah, I if we're gonna talk about Afghanistan, like let's let's uh let's be serious for a second you know but like fuck dude if i'm gonna talk about chris cuomo yeah i'm gonna make fun of it i don't understand what the problem is i don't understand why you have to be so refined and professional and will act like you have to stick up your ass all the time like what is with this society of like oh the news has to be this thing where you have to sit down and be in front of a desk and talk like you have three sticks up your ass and report the information in a really serious manner why do you think the daily show is so popular what like or back in its prime i now not really but like why do you think full frontal with samantha b colbert report all of these shows way back in the day and even now in today's society so freaking popular because they make fun of the news that's what people want to see. You ask most people back in 2004 where they got their news. I tell you about 80. I don't even know if this is a real statistic, but like 70 to 80 percent of people were like, "Bro, I get most of my news from fucking um, from the Daily Show," and they liked it because Jon Stewart was making fun of these motherfuckers. He wasn't being serious. He was presenting the news. He was presenting you facts, and you had to think about it. Uh, but he was being satirical and he was making fun of all of these people. That's what people want to see. People don't want to just see freaking, um, you know, Don Lemon, not not to use Don Lemon as like, not to make fun of but like Fareed Zakaria all the time, just being serious and acting like every single freaking issue is going to change your life and end the world. Nah, people want to have fun. And that's the key, right? That's why, like, I'm not serious uh, to answer the question, frankly. I don't want to be serious. I don't want to do interviews where I sound like, so like, I know that your life is this. So like, tell me about that. Like, that's so boring. Why? And who wants to listen to that? When I make shit for you guys, I think like, okay, what are people going to actually like gravitate towards and like have fun listening to rather than what is going to make, like, I can listen, I could sit there and ask questions. Like, and I also like it doesn't grind my gears. Interviews don't grind my gears as much as I, as I thought it would. Right. There's again, there are a few episodes where hundred percent they did, but there's about 50% of the episodes where I sat there and I was like, yeah, I I would love it. If I had my own show, I would love it. If I was a star, you know, and I'm just, maybe I'm a fucking asshole like that. I don't know. But listen, that's why I'm not like a serious newscaster. If I really wanted to be a really serious person and, and go through and, talk about all of these things, I'd be a journalism major. I'd fucking write pieces. I'd write beautiful um, manuscripts and all of this crap. Like, that's what I would do. If I wanted to do, if I wanted to be a fucking serious uh, journalism major, like, I would would write op-eds. I would write opinions. I would constantly be a part of that whole situation. But the reality is I don't want to do that shit. I don't and i want to be like i want to have a good time and i want to have fun but i also like want to be serious at the same time when it comes to like real issues that have real implications and like when it comes to the real shit like let's let's talk about real shit but also we can have fun like not everything has to just be one serious mood i hate how america makes things seem like that they have to be like one particular thing but whatever so that's the, to answer the question and also like if you don't want to take me seriously because i have fun fuck you <laughs> i don't care you you go have fun. I don't I don't really care. Uh, that's like I, I want to have fun on my show. I'm gonna make fun of things. I'm gonna be outrageous. I'm gonna swear sometimes. I'm gonna have a good time and I'm gonna laugh while doing it. So if you got a problem, if you got a problem with that, then you can you can quit. You can pause the show, you can exit the tab and go back to do whatever the hell you were doing. Because I can promise you, it probably wasn't as entertaining as listening to this show. That was fucking weird, dude. I don't even know what you were doing with that. That was not funny. I would quit the show if I listened to that accent, right? Listen, I've been noticing a serious trend. And sorry for the sniffling, by the way. I have freaking bad allergies and cherry blossom trees, man. They get to me. Oh, God. My nose is tickling. Hold on. Okay. Okay, we're good. We're good. Um, scamming. This has been – I've noticed that the last, like, year and a half to two years, Netflix has been on one, okay? And I'm not talking, like, on one in terms of, like, creating good content and they've been constantly, you know, doing stuff. Of course, Netflix originals are great. That is a reason, like, people constantly tune in and people say, oh, this Netflix original documentary was fire. Yes, totally. But all most of the big, trendy Netflix documentaries in the last seven months – have been about one thing, scams, scams. And even on Hulu and just all streaming platforms in general, everything is seemingly about scams these days. Like, why are we talking about scams all the time? Look at at the big trending, like, big docs that have been uh, going off recently, right? You have Inventing Anna. You have... The Dropout, which is about Elizabeth Holmes and that whole situation. We Crash, which is on Apple TV, which is about WeWork and the whole situation the company crashing. America has this weird ass fascination with scammers and like, oh my God, how are the laziest members of society able to pull off such an elaborate stunt? How is this possible? How could we do it, right? America's got this weird fascination with scammers. It's so strange to me. I have no idea why. I have no idea how. But a lot of the trending content on Netflix and streaming platforms has really had to do with scanning. I mean, you, you, like in the last month, it's, there's this new series on Netflix, right? It's called, uh, what's it called? Fuck. Uh, oh, yeah. Bad Vegan. It's called Bad Vegan. And it's about this uh, vegan person. Uh, or sorry, this uh, renowned vegan chef who opened her restaurant. She was wildly successful. She got caught up into some troubles. So her her ex-husband scammed her into losing millions of dollars. And that's now the number one trending documentary on Netflix. It's about scamming. What was the trending thing two weeks ago that everyone was talking about? The TV show that I even talked about right here on this after show, Inventing Anna, um, which is about Anna Delvey scamming the rich of New York, making making it rich. And then, oh, her fall from grace. And then what was the thing that was popular like two? What was the thing that's popular now on Hulu? It's called The Dropout. What's that about? Elizabeth Holmes, who scammed all of Silicon Valley with her blood testing device. By the way, that show's fantastic, though. Like I know I've been hating on scamming shows for a while. That show's really good. What has been? What are my Indian parents talking about? Oh, they're talking about uh, Vijay Mallya and his recent show called India's India's Bad Billionaires, who basically got away with all of the various scams and shit. Everything, every popular piece of content recently has been about scamming. It's been about scamming. I don't know why Netflix has got into this, but they brought scamming to the forefront. I'm telling you, if you if you're a film creator right now, go make a fucking movie about scam. Ever since Netflix released Uncut Gems, Uncut Gems, I was like betting and scams and all that stuff. All of this scamming has become Netflix's new favorite America's darling headline. They love their scams and just streaming platforms in general and and content and audiences. They eat that shit right up. They love the scam. They love the scam. I like scam stories, too. I'm not saying that I'm like, oh, I'm on top of this. Like, I'm above all. I love everything but the scam stories. No, I like the scam stories. I thought Inventing Anna was cool. I thought, even though that's like a controversial take, I, there are a lot of people out there that didn't like Inventing Anna. I think it's, uh, I think I, it was a pretty good show, uh, in my opinion. It's, it's a little draggy at the end, but yeah, it was a good show. Um what was the other one? Freaking The Dropout, really good show, really good show. It's not done yet. It's I think it's eight episodes, they're on episode five, but uh, it's really good from what I see. Like, the scamming isn't like, it's not bad shows. It's just, we're focused on this theme of scamming all the time. Have you guys noticed this? It's kind of weird. It's kind of weird. I don't know why. Right. A couple of years ago, it was all murder. Uh, and like making a murderer and then there was like American Vandal which was like a satire of that and then there was like Bloodline in the mix of all of that so like i feel like america like has their new obsession every so often right of like all the various things that are going on so like right now it's scamming like scamming was also a big thing back in 2018 with the fire festival documentaries there was like 18 fire festival documentaries you remember the fire festival became like the shit for 2 weeks because Every single streaming platform had their own documentary about it. There was a Hulu documentary about the fire festival. There's a Netflix documentary about the fire festival. And then they became instant memes. Like, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know what it is about America and it's scamming, but it's, it's funny. Um, What, like, we, we love our scams here in the United States. Truly truly uh and the last year has been proven of that in terms of the content that's been coming out and there's going to be more scamming content i bet you i bet you in the next two months you're going to hear about two new shows that are trending on netflix on this after show they're probably about scamming and i may or may not talk about elizabeth holmes next week on the after sh- or sorry on the changabi show i may or may not probably will because if i'm mentioning it here it most likely is true right right? I'm not going to talk about Elizabeth Holmes. Yeah, I'm going to talk about Elizabeth Holmes. Spoiler alert. That's one of my topics for next week. Point being, point being, the conversation is really surrounded around scammers recently. So how do we change this conversation? I I don't know. Like there are only so many different types of scams you can cover at this point. Um, There's corporate scams. There's, you know, Uh, actual fraud, there's wire fraud, there's the bad vegan story, there's Anna Delvey, there's Elizabeth Holmes, there's WeWork. Like, where where are we gonna, like, actually just, like, like, turn that all off and, like, move to our next crime, right? Uh, Let's start, like, I, I'm pretty sure scamming will just move to embezzlement at this point in terms of pop culture and what Hollywood's into. to. But whatever, that's neither here nor there. I'll still cover it all because on The Changani Show, we're a one-stop shop and we cover everything and absolutely everything. Okay, let's transition from scammers to the Indian grocery store. What <laughs> the fuck, What are you on, bro? The Indian grocery store? Listen, I want to give you guys, I want to take you guys through a very specific moment in time in in every indian boy girl or whatever gender you are it's childhood close your eyes for a second okay close your eyes i want you to pretend like you're in the year 2007 Okay, your mom just picked you up from your second grade classroom and you're driving and you're like you think you're gonna go home and you're gonna you know turn on your disney plug and play but your mom's like no we have to go run an errand and you're like why mom i just want to go home and play with my friends and your mom's like no we have to go pick up gutty leaves from the store and this is for all my basic people out here if you're white you can feel free to skip through this whole entire part because you're probably not going to get it but anyway uh so we're driving to the store and then i'm like wait mom we passed new india bazaar and she's like no we have to go to a very specific store to pick up very specific ingredients and then you, like, end up in this middle of, like, a cutty-ass, like, strip mall complex in the middle of some rando-ass city, like, t- 35 minutes away from your house. You get out. You enter this grocery store, right? And this is probably the most – like, you, you're you used to, like, as an Indian-American, you, like, you go to Safeway. You're like, whoa, this shit's nice. Like, everything's clean. The floors are mopped. No shit on the floor. You walk into an Indian grocery store. There's, like, half a Thurdal packet spilled on this aisle right? Uh, Onions are falling off the freaking uh, rack. Uh, It's just an overall mess. There's the Indian uncle in the corner who's holding his Times of India newspaper up while like sipping on his thumbs up. There's like a crappy TV in the corner that's playing uh, Partner, that 2008 Salman Khan movie on like a small ass television with like the lines going up and down so you can barely see what's going on and it's like half staticky, right? Uh, there's probably, like, half Parley G-crushed biscuit in one aisle. You walk into another aisle, it just smells like garam masala. Am I giving anybody throwbacks? I feel like I am. This Look, the Indian grocery store vibe in the mid-2000s is an ultimate vibe. Because we're in our modern-day society, the Indian grocery store is actually kind of nice. India Cash and Carry kind of has its shit together. All its mess is in the back. You have to go to, like, the very back where all the vegetables are to see, like, where the freaking – towers of boxes are just leaned up against one another and like the uh the employees are out back like smoking this cigarette like those are, that's like now like it's all clean like they've found their system back in 2005 no one gave a fuck everything was just like out lying on the floor and then like your mom secretly like went to this you know Indian grocery store in the middle of fucking Santa Clara to like pick up this pirated Indian movie that she'd been waiting to see and then, like, you put it on your TV and it's like taped over like some fucking nun, like some fucking Mun Mohan Sing speech. Like it's it's beautiful. It's beautiful. The true the Indian experience, man, the Indian immigrant experience is absolutely gorgeous. And but the point is, man, Indian grocery stores are a vibe. And if you're white, I dare you to walk into an Indian grocery store. Come to Santa Clara, California. Come to the Bay Area. There's plenty. We'll take you. And they're always the best experiences. Now they'll be all clean, right? Because India Cash and Carry has turned into this huge empire of like, and I'm talking specifically about the Bay Area, right? Patel Brothers is a big grocery store that's uh, uh, very popular uh, around the Midwest and other parts of the country. But if you're a Bay Area Indian, I'll take you to India Cash and Carry. I'll take you to India Cash and Carry uh, in one of its five locations, Fremont, Sunnyvale, Cupertino. I'm sure there's more. I can't think of them off the top of my head. Uh And we can go through all the aisles, and I'll show you all the various things. It's it's truly the Indian grocery store is a once in a lifetime experience. Um, It was really funny. There's like this one random weekday. I forget when this was. It had to be like four years ago. I just saw like this like Asian couple like eating food in the ICC uh, on like the one rickety ass table in the corner. I just thought that was hilarious. I thought it was so funny. I was like, oh my god, they must think this is an Indian restaurant dude i'm just gonna say like if you if you've ever like been in an indian grocery store and like encountered the 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 food and health safety hazards you you've taken the coronavirus vaccine already like it's it's happened you 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 did you're healthy uh that place was like i mean gosh some of the indian grocery stores back in the day like i don't even know how they remained open i don't i truly don't know how health inspectors let them pass but whatever that is besides the point. It's truly a vibe, though. It really is. Um, like, I remember just, like, walking into Safeway and feeling like it was heaven compared to, like, India Fashion Carrier, like, New India Bazaar, like, Coconut Hill, if that grocery store still exists. Um, what are the other ones? There's a bunch. But, yeah, the point is, Cuddy Indian grocery stores are the vibe. Kumud! Come Kumud! On. Come on, dude, how can you forget Kumud for my Bay Area people out there? Cuddy Indian grocery stores are the vibe. I don't care what you say, white people. Okay, you could be like, you know, Lunardi's is kind of weird. Or like, uh, Raleigh's or like, uh, fucking Knob Hill's kind of cuddy, bro. Nah, have you been to fucking Coconut Hill? Have you been to New India Bazaar? Have you been to Trinetra? To Kumun? Nah, so don't talk, bro. I know all about my Indian grocery stores. And they're way more sus than any of your white ones. Okay, anyway. Uh listen, let's talk about white people and Indian people more because I wanna I want to make a pitch, right? Let's pretend we're on Shark Tank for a second. Boom, 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 boo, boom, boom, boo, boo, boom, Right? Okay, cool. I'm gonna pitch something. This is listen, Indian people don't have a lot of represent South Asian people in general. We don't have a lot of representation within the media, obviously. Okay, the media is a lost cause. Mindy Kaling is leading our direct, our leading show uh the show's not very good they're coming out with a third season this summer look for me to make more podcasts about it and crap on the show consistently because that's what i do when it comes to my content 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 okay anyway uh but yeah i'll shit will never have ever as we uh for the summer okay that's that's my summer project but let's make a pitch to the white man for a second right we don't have a lot of holiday representation in the media, in, in, uh, in American culture either, right? All the white people get their holidays off. They're like, oh, 4th of July, let's take the day off. Oh, St. Patrick's Day, let's get fucking wasted and go to work hella hungover. Oh, do we need a day off for Memorial Day? Okay, we'll do that, right? Do we need a day off for fucking, what are the other days off that they, the whites have? Christmas, Easter, all that stuff. I never grew up celebrating any of that stuff. I just had free days off. I was like, oh, how's a free weekend. I'm just going to go walk outside. Cool, bet. We need our own holiday. But here's the thing. We need to figure out a holiday that works for the whites too. Because otherwise the whites are not going to give us our holiday off. They're going to be like, why, why should we give the Indians the volley off? It's not even that cool. Like, I don't know Indian people. Oh, wow, cool. Should we make the volley a federal holiday? No. Here's how you pitch. Here's my thing. Here's the holiday we really need to be focusing on if we want to get a day off on the white calendars of America. Holy, holy just passed. It was this past weekend. So happy holy to all my South Asians out there that celebrate. Uh, May your life be filled with color this year. Anyway, dude, holy, Holy is the holiday. We need to be pitching to the white people, right? They do these things every year. They play Holy every year, they don't even know it. You know what they do? They play this game called Holy, but they call it, oh my God, we're gonna do a color run where we just throw colors at each other and act like we're raising money for charity. Yes, yes. Oh my God, are you going on the color run, Clara? Yes, Ashley, of course. They're celebrating this already. We just have to nickname the color run as holy and we got to pitch it to congress and you know what else you gotta do you gotta show these motherfuckers how lit holy is okay you just take videos of what holy is like in india okay and 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 here's what i have here's what my pitch is for the videos in india right don't take actual videos of people playing holy in the street just take the balam pichakari music video Put it in your freaking PowerPoint presentation that you're going to pitch to the Whites. And you're like, reason number one you should play holy. Well, you already do it already. Color runs and they're like, hmm, I'm thinking, I'm thinking. And then reason number two. That's all you gotta do, right? And then just bring Deepika poticum and beer Kapoor and do a little... And then boom, there you go! You have a holiday! The Indians will have a holiday. They just gotta go... And then just play that song hella loud. Show all the fucking various colors go up in the air. The Bollywood bangers blasting through the speakers of the U.S. House of Representatives. Compiled with that. And the color run. Of course Mitch McConnell's going to be like, well. You know, I thought coming into this I was going to be a little skeptical about the, uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, Holy holiday. But uh, if it's going to be a color run in that song. That song with that beautiful woman. Blonde Pitch card. Oh, it's kind of, it's kind of good. If that is a holiday that we could put in the United States of America, then absolutely I'm for it. And then we would just, as Indian people, go, and just throw shit at each other. Holy is also really fun, okay? So for all my whites out there that haven't played holy or any other culture, vote for it to make it a holiday. And you get a day off. You get a day off for celebrating holy, man. Go celebrate holy. Go throw some fucking colors at each other. Have fun. Like, De stress. It's a great de stressor of a holiday. I didn't play Holy this year. I'm really sad. Uh, I definitely don't need to go. Uh, I used to play a lot more. Um, They used to play. I used to just play. And there's no, like, when you say, like, oh, I gotta go play holy, playing holy has no rules. You just throw shit at each other. You throw different colors at each other and have fun and smear it all over your faces and run around and, like, spray water. And it's just a big fat party. And there's this drink called bong, which is, like, weed and milk and a bunch of other stuff. I don't really know how to make it, but you drink that on holy. So you get high, you throw colors, you have fun. It's a good time, bro. It is a good fucking time. So for all my white people, that are like, we need an extra day off. You know, March is kind of a month that doesn't have a holiday. And like, most of us don't celebrate St. Patrick's Day. I got the perfect holiday for you. Holy. Why should you celebrate holy? That's it. That's it. That's my only, uh, that's my only uh, reason. And and then you can just look up, I'll just link you the Balam Pichakari music video. You can uh, peruse that yourself and uh, have fun. That is, that's it. Okay, I got a bunch of other topics to get through, so we're going to do these real quick. Um, I found a TV show that's kind of like an album. I did. I did. I'm going to do this one really fast. I found this TV show that's like an album. It's on Hulu. It's really, really good. My friend Sonia recommended it to me, so shout out Sonia if you're listening to this. She never listens to my shit, so I would be shocked if she like listened to this. Uh, But she is a friend nonetheless. And she suggested to me this TV show the last time we met. She was like, yo, you got to watch this show, Normal People, on Hulu. And I was like, why would I watch a show called Normal People? She's like, trust. Really good. And then she was like, dude, actress is kind of hot. And I was like, all right, I'm in. (laughs) I'm a fucking terrible person. (laughs) so, So I watched the show. It's really fucking good. It's really, really good. Like, I, I kid you not, it's probably one of my uh, favorite shows that I've watched in the last year. And basically what it is, it's about this girl uh, and this guy. And it basically chronicles their entire love story. So from their senior year of high school through their, uh, through adulthood. And like chronicles like the ups and downs of what a relationship is and all of these things. And yeah, you're probably thinking like, oh my God, that show's so cheesy. But like, it's really, really good. It's very entertaining. The characters are super three-dimensional. Uh, And it's set in Ireland. It's beautiful. Like the setting is beautiful. Uh, Both the actors are beautiful. Uh, Cheese. And it's just a really, it's a really good show. It's just very well put together. It's, uh, it feels, it's like very European and very uh, drier type humor. Their accents are amazing. I love their accents in the movie or in the show. Um, it's just super good. They were made, they were made one season and it was like four years ago. I don't even think they're, I think they're making a season two. They've been hinting at it for a while. Um, it kind of season one ends on a little bit of a cliffhanger, but it's a really good show. It's like, I know the plot line sounds very simple, but the show actually just reminds me of like what an album is. It looks, it's just beautiful. Uh, the entire show is really well written. The characters are so entertaining. It's just a great—it's a great overall show. I had so much fun watching it. I haven't actually finished it. It's just one of those shows that's like very artistic, and you kind of have to take your time with it. I'm like eight episodes through, uh, but I thought I would just mention it. It's become one of my favorites. Uh, Normal people, I really, really enjoyed. I've been working on it for quite some time uh, in terms of watching it. So I need to I need to get back on that normal people show, but it's really really good. I think you guys will all enjoy it. Uh, it doesn't get enough love. It's actually one of the more underrated shows on Hulu. Um, it is very uh, it is very like love oriented. So if you're not into like love shows or like romance or any of that, you're not gonna like the show. But if you are and you're like into that more realistic side of things, I think you're really going to enjoy this. This show's phenomenal. It's fantastic. It's great acting. A um, little bit more on the mature side. So for my people who are more into that Cinderella love, this ain't it. But but it's really quite good, and I think uh, I think a lot of people out there are going to enjoy it. So I thought I'd suggest it. Normal people available on Hulu, starring Daisy Edgar Jones, uh, who's actually in another movie called Flesh. Uh, that's on Hulu too. Uh, she's awesome. She's also very attractive. Uh, and then I don't know the guy's name, but a lot of girls think he's very attractive as well. Okay, that's my pitch. Watch normal people on Hulu. Definitely do it. Okay, listen, there's a TikTok guy that I want to talk to you guys about. Okay. I love this guy. I love, I love this guy. Uh, he's become, he's quickly become like one of my favorite creators on the app. Um, and I'm on the app consistently because I got to post every day on all these things. Uh, so I kind of have become more well acquainted with, the various, um, what's it called? Uh, how to describe it. I've become very acquainted with uh, the various creators on the app. Uh, so I'm kind of in that sports TikTok niche. Uh, I know last week, sorry. I know last week we talked a lot about, um, sports media and the different TikTokers. I talked a little bit about Nico and Theo and all of these people. Um, and, and the various people who are on sports TikTok, who I think are really good. But I think, like personally, one of my favorite TikTokers. So I, I really like this guy's name's Tim, and I apologize if you get your last, if I get your last name wrong, Tim. Uh, his last name is uh, Chuisiano or Chuzano, I think. I think it's Chuzano. So it's Tim Chuzano. Uh, he's on TikTok. He's fantastic. He makes his life look like a movie. He makes the most routine things look so beautiful. It's incredible. Like he'll just be like. I was on my morning walk this morning and there'll just be like this really nice music playing in the background. And he's just walking down the street and I'm like, I want to live your life. I don't care if you're just walking down the street in New York, it just looks so beautiful. And he's got this amazing family and, um, and he just vlogs about his life and it's, it's, you know, he's relatively like, I I don't want to say normal because he is like a a vice president at a corporate, like a fortune 500 company, which is not normal, but he's like creating and it's super cool. Like he's this 44 year old dude on TikTok which is an app that's probably 20 years too old for him uh and he just acts like a and he is like a and he says it in his bio he's like 22 mentally and he, and just the way he goes about his life is so awesome it's such a positive vibe if you watch it like early in the morning it's like a great way to start your day on social media um his vlogs are just super digestible very easy to watch uh i just really like his voice he's very calm he's he's very calming as like a person um And he kind of just like sheds light into like and I think the one thing that I've learned from Tim as a creator, not as a creator, but as like a person who watches his content is like, I just want to be like, I just want to enjoy the little moments in life. Like that's what his vlogs are all about. It's like he is eating a protein bar and hanging out in his office and he is having the ball. a time. He's just having the greatest time of his life. And that is like where you want to be. Uh, and like that, he's just like enjoy the little moments, enjoy like the walks, enjoy the subway rides, all of these things. And it's like this beautiful, like, minute long movie like vlog. And it just it, every vlog feels like I'm watching like Midnight in Paris by Woody Allen. Like, that's what I, I'm just reminded of, like, a Woody Allen movie or like a Wes Anderson movie every time I watch his uh his vlogs. It's it's fantastic. He's on TikTok, Tim Chuzano. Um, it's he's fantastic, he's phenomenal, one of my favorite creators. And has quickly become one of my favorite people on social media. I I wish nothing but the best for Tim. I I really do. I really do. Uh, And I love his content. I may just tag him to see if he posts this on his social media because he's that cool. And I'm just such a fan. Like I'm saying, I'm a fanboy of Tim. You know, Uh, he eats fish tacos every Monday night. I personally don't eat fish. If we can make that chicken tacos, Tim, I will come out to New York, bro. I will come out to New York. We can hang out. Although I doubt you ever want to see. Me, but whatever, that's cool. Um, I just thought I would shout him out because his TikToks are really, really freaking cool. So go check him out if you haven't already. Uh, Tim Chuzano, I love him. I, I might talk more about him on the Chingabi show. You may get a Chingabi show topic. I like him that much. But let's transition from Tim to Spring Break. Listen, I love. I, I'm on Spring Break right now. I just went on Spring Break. I submitted my last paper today. So congrats to me. Woo! Until my final grades come back. Then that going to be good. No, I'm kidding. But grades are in. Spring break is officially on. Uh, and I'm here to shit on spring breakers. Because that's what I do. It's Monday night. Tuesday morning now. But Monday night. And everybody, everybody, all these college students seem to think it's such a good idea to go on spring break. It is. Listen, if you want to go party on spring break, go for it. But I was looking at some actual figures. One in four college students that go on spring break use student loan money to pay for it. So they go even more into debt Debt to go on spring break. Listen, I'm all for going on spring break. Just don't spend your student loan money, dog. And if 25% of college students in America are doing that, bro, bro, don't do it, bro. Don't do it. And you know what's worse? I know people like that that would actually spend their student loan money to go on a, on a on a trip and which is great like listen if you have a a once-in-a-lifetime experience like who am i to judge if you go on a trip whatever but the people who i know people right because you know where i grew up i grew up in the valley i grew up in the silicon valley i know people i know execs i know tech people i know rich rich people and i know their kids and their kids go on trips to the fucking dominican republic and use their daddy's amex card to pay for everything what the fuck bro what are you doing? What are you doing? Like, that's what I would ask that person, that bro or the sis or the individual. Like, why are you spending money on your dad's credit card, on your mom's credit card? Why, 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 why are you having them pay for this expensive trip? For what reason? For what reason? Why, why even bother? Just go home, spend some time with them they're actually making money so that you can go on this trip. Why not spend time with them? Why are you going and spending all of their money in the fucking Dominican Republic so you can get a little drunk a couple nights when you could do the same shit with White Claws at the local Safeway? Listen, I don't mean to be mean, okay? Like, that's not what I'm trying to be mean. I'm just stating a fact. Like, spring breakers, man, they, they kind of piss me off. Uh, because spring break is supposed to be, like, listen, I get it. Spring break is supposed to be a time where you just hang out with your friends and you drink and you have a great time. But can you, but do it on the cheap and do it on your own money. Those are my two rules. You want to go have fun on spring break? Go have fun on spring break. Go have a fucking phenomenal time. I don't care. Go party it up in Jamaica. Are you paying for it? Fantastic. But if you're not paying for it, screw that. Screw that. What? Who gives you the right? No. 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 I'm not a fan of that absolutely not. If I told my parents, Hey, mom and dad, can I go to Jamaica and spend 5k on a fucking spring break trip? They'd look at me and be like, <laughs> no, that's what they'd say. They'd also be like, you can make your own money and do it, which I, you know, it's a fair response, but also here's the thing about spring break. And I'm going to do a little topic next week about the economics of spring break. Maybe potentially we'll see, but They jack up the prices in every tropical spring break location. So you're paying five times as more. Just go in May during the summer and you'll pay like 50% less. So there you go. I'm teaching you how to save money, spring breakers. Don't go on your spring break trips. Go spend time with your family. Go have fun. Or if you're going to go on your spring break trips, do it smart and don't take out student loan money. That's all I'm going to say. That's my PSA to all my spring breakers, okay? Listen, have a great trip. Have a great spring break. I hope you guys have fun. But whatever. That's all I'll say, okay? I, I I feel like I have very limited rights to say anything because I'm like a really boring person at heart. And I shouldn't be talking about all this. I got one last topic. And then I'm tired, so I'm going to go to bed. But white voice, this is actually a real thing. This is actually a fucking real thing, okay? Uh, apparently, it has come to my attention that, like, when I used to record content, because I did, I have YouTube videos out there, some, some realm of the internet, where I used to record stuff, I had a really white voice. Every time I used to turn on the camera, I would have, I, my voice inflection would change. I would, I say that now, I don't think my voice inflection changes, Uh, but even like, if you look at like the first few episodes of my podcast, my voice gets a little higher, it gets a little more polished, all of these things. I I don't fucking like it. Like, I'm just, I'm just going to talk like who I am, like in general. Um, but now like I, I have a normal voice, but like way back in the day, I had this thing called white voice. I really did. And my brother was the first person to point it out. And he was like, you're an idiot. You have this thing called white voice where literally every time you talk to white people, your voice goes, ah, hi, um, I'd like to get a pizza to go. Alright, and it's true. It's true. I recorded myself, and I'm like shocked. I'm like, wow, my voice changes with certain people. It's shocking. It's this phenomenon that I never knew existed, and now I'm like, oh my god. Oh my god, I wish I could take it all back. I wish I could just jump off the roof. I hate talking like that. I don't like having a white voice. It's not fun. I like having this voice. I like having normal and huge voice. Not white voice, no no it's weird it's weird it's like a reverse get out situation with my own self uh i don't know what's happening um but yeah i have white voice apparently and it's this phenomenon uh that like my voice changes when i talk to certain people or like sales reps or like anybody in general um outside of like my family or like even outside this podcast because i feel like now I, I really talk in a normal voice uh here. I just make stupid voices because that's what I do. And like, that's just trying to be, that's me trying to be entertaining. Um, but, it's, but yeah, for the most part, it's very, uh, it's, it's very, like I have, I, I do, my voice does change around certain people. It's weird. It's a very weird concept. I, I think everybody has it to a certain extent. I think I just had it to a way larger extent than I realized, uh, that but but that point was brought up to my attention a few months ago. Sorry, not a few months ago. It was brought up like a couple years ago, but I ignored it. And then I came back to my head again, and I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. It really does exist. White voice is a thing, man. So for all my brown people out there, we like this is the thing, right? I'm going to say this one last example. I have so many brown friends, including myself, right? And we talk to our friends, and we're like, yeah, bro, like, blah, 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 like, you know, just playing Call of Duty, all these things, chilling. And then we pick up the phone, and we're like, humbub me. Huh? I'll be there right away. Okay? Thank you. Bye. And you, like, your voice just switches to, like, an Indian accent for some reason. You have no idea why. And then you're like, oh, yeah, it's sucks. Oh, uh, I'm just going to, like, uh, dip real quick. You know, the mom's being kind of annoying. You pick up the phone. And you're like, hi, daddy. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, I, I, I noticed. I'm going to go pick up something from the grocery store. Okay, bye. Right? And you're like, what the fuck? Like, why is my voice changing? I don't know what's happening. Ah! Right? That's 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 white voice. Um. So, yeah. That's tough. But... <laughs> anyway thank you guys so much for listening before i get too off the rails and get canceled i want to end the show uh appreciate you all for sticking with me uh definitely go check it out uh or definitely go like and subscribe on my youtube channel if you're on spotify go hit the follow button if you're on apple Podcasts, feel free to leave me a five-star review if you're anywhere else thank you so much for listening Go hit the follow button. If, uh, my social media links are down below. So go follow me on Instagram, on TikTok, on Twitter, at The Chang Show on all of those platforms. At The Changavi Show on every social media platform you can find. It is an honor to do this podcast as always. I love every single one of you that tunes in to the very end. I appreciate every single one of you for sticking with me. Okay, I'm out though. Uh, thank you guys so much. I appreciate all of you. I will see you next time. This is new Chingabi signing off from the San Francisco Bay Area from his parents' house on the floor of his childhood bedroom. All right, guys, I'm out. Peace.